there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. America, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, from the echo chamber, apparently, that is Cowboys <laughs> Camp. Uh, I am not in a box, but I feel like because of our setup here, it, it feels like, right, we have our own little kind of cabana that's overlooking where uh, the Cowboys will soon have press conferences right after their practice is done. Spent some time watching the Pokes practice out here in sunny Oxnard, California, part of our training camp tour. We had the Rams earlier this week. The Chargers next week, of course, the Rams and the Chargers, little fisticuffs yesterday. They actually had dudes booted from practice. We'll get to that later on in the show. But we are live today from Dallas Cowboys training camp. Uh, Not the best team in the NFL, but without any question, the most interesting team in the National Football League. And I can tell you, spending just an hour and a half watching practice and watching all that goes on around practice. And then, of course, you think of the storylines. Uh, the the owner being now in the Hall of Fame, the change at quarterback and one quarterback going straight to the broadcast booth, joining our Troy Aikman, who's number one in 
Fox Sports broadcast. It's just different with the Cowboys. It's just a different level, even though it's the same league as the Rams, as the Chargers, as almost any other team in the National Football League. You can tell me the Patriots are better, a better organization. I wouldn't disagree with that. It's just bigger when you have the the star on the side of your helmet. Um, Mike Fowler, who's our social media manager, is currently hanging a banner. Dan Byer is here. He'll give us the update. My man Bert is trying to make sure that we sound good, uh, and I have nobody to make sure I look good if you're watching us on Facebook Live. I will tell you this. You have to keep telling yourself over and over and over again one sentence, okay, which is more of a run-on sentence. It's not great syntax, but you have to. Last night I watched the Houston Texans take on the Carolina Panthers in a preseason game on the NFL Network. And great to hear Brad Nessler calling NFL game. He'll call CBS SEC games. What a misstep by ESPN not bringing back Nessler. He goes to CBS. He's going to be awesome covering the SEC. And Deshaun Watson looked good. It's inarguable. He looked good. Um, Tom Savage also looked very good. Matter of fact, Tom Savage probably looked better and looked better from the pocket. But I'm not trying to diminish what Deshaun Watson did last night. I am not. But the sentence you have to keep repeating to yourself over and over again is, preseason doesn't matter, the preseason doesn't matter, the preseason doesn't matter, the preseason doesn't matter. Because if you look back historically, plenty of good quarterbacks have looked good in the preseason. And plenty of bad quarterbacks have looked good in the preseason. You name the court. Like, I can give you look back historically, and you're like, hey, remember Achilles Smith? Remember him? Right? Comes out of Oregon, thought it was. He could be the next kind of dynamic run-pass threat in the National Football League. Go back and look at when he was drafted in his first preseason. He was awesome. Awesome. How good a quarterback was Achilles Smith? Um. Blake Bortles is a maligned starting quarterback in the National Football League. I don't think he's as maligned as Clay Travis said he was earlier today when Clay Travis believes that the Jaguars should dump games in order to get Sam Darnold, in order to get Josh Rosen, in order to get one of the young quarterbacks in the NFL. But if you look back at his rookie season, Blake Bortles, remember, they wanted to redshirt him. They wanted to not play Blake Bortles. But he was so good in his first preseason that everyone said, well, you know what? You should probably just play him because he's more ready than you thought he was. But this is inarguable. Okay? Go back and look at his game logs. Just download them. This is not that hard to do. Like go to any website and just go, hey, look at his, his game logs and go back and, and read what they said about Blake Bortles going back to 2014, the preseason. Well, pretty good. Better than we thought. Probably ready. And so while Deshaun Watson, we all want him to be good. Like, we have this incessant desire to say what we saw for, for, for four years at Clemson is going to be a reality in the NFL. We all want to say, like, I knew everybody in the NFL. All these teams made a mistake, and I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And there's a bit of a confirmation bias. He makes a good throw. It should be pointed out he was very good, although he lacked some accuracy when in the pocket, and he was better when he was out of the pocket. And the knock on Deshaun Watson was sometimes he's inaccurate in the pocket and he's better out of the pocket, which is what's going to ultimately fail you in the NFL. You have to be good between the tackles throwing the football. 
All the other stuff is just icing on top of the cake. It's great. It's important to keep your eyes down the field, to keep your balance. But the reason that he was slipping in the NFL draft was actually apparent last night. And even if you look at the, the coverage, which was, which was overwhelmingly positive, I watched afterwards. David Carr, of course, was the former number one overall pick. And he was doing so without his left tackle was holding out with the Houston Texans, just so you know. But he was also playing with the twos and playing against the twos. I'm not trying to take shots at Deshaun Watson. I'm trying to paint a proper context, proper perspective. And if you look at the high number of interceptions he had last year at Clemson, it was because, one, he forced things, but two, maybe more importantly, he limited himself and tried to show that he was a better pocket passer than the, his reputation that had been put in place. Okay? And the only time that he started to scramble and run and design runs for first downs and really instead of running to throw was in the college football playoff a strength that he absolutely has, but one that you don't really need or even want in the NFL. And, like, you can tell me you have to be able to move the pocket. That's not inaccurate. But I would also tell you that if you look, we've talked about quarterbacks who have remained um, in the NFL and not been hurt. All of those quarterbacks are from throw from the pocket. Right, like, Tom Brady's still doing it at 40 years old. Why? He's a pocket passer. They protect you in the pocket. Phillip Rivers hasn't missed a start since he started starting in 2006. Why? He throws in the pocket. Phillip Rivers is slow. Okay, he's not slow for He's slow. He raced a pregnant woman, came in third. When you watch Tom Brady run, it looks like he's dragging a dead body. Like, it's painful to watch those guys run. But they're nimble within the pocket, and they're protected by the rules in the pocket. And so... I, look, I, I'm in most, as much in love with the idea that Deshaun Watson can be a, a five-star, lead Clemson to a national title, evolve as a quarterback, be this year's Dak Prescott, this year's guy. That's all the Texans have needed, and he can allow the Texans to take that next step. But I could, I could, if, if you want to use last night as the example, I'll point out last night he lacked some accuracy within the pocket, was better out of the pocket. Savage was better in the pocket. More than anything, keep telling yourself this sentence. Preseason means nothing. Preseason means nothing. Preseason means nothing. Preseason means nothing. And once you start there, you can and just watch him evolve. But Dak was great last year in the, in the preseason. He was great. But that that... That didn't prove to us that he was ready. I mean, even his first couple of games, there was still a denial within a lot of people that he was, in fact, ready. So let's not go crazy about Deshaun Watson against the number twos in the Carolina Panthers being very, very good, and even, especially in his – and he has poise. He is not rattled. But the questions about Deshaun Watson weren't whether or not he'd be rattled. He'd be, he, he would lack poise. The questions are, would he lack accuracy within the pocket when he's going through his progressions? That's the thing that he needs to improve on. And that was not proven to be incorrect last night. And even if it was, last night is not the gauge for if he's ready to start in the National Football League. Because if you want to say he looked good, you'd also have to say that Tom Savage looked as good or even better, especially from the pocket. If you want to say that he looked good, that's great. You also have to balance it with Blake Bortles was great in his preseason. Achilles Smith was great in his preseason. 
Blaine Gabbert was outstanding in the Arizona Cardinals preseason opener in the Hall of Fame game. Remember that? Like, damn, Blake Bortles, uh, 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 Blaine Gabbert is good. Like, no, he's not. It's the preseason. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. Remember, if you watch Austin Powers, you know the third time it cements it. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Zach Randolph, um, up until today, had kind of been the embodiment of knucklehead when he was young after a one-and-done year at Michigan State, early on with the Portland uh, Jailblazers, and then kind of uh, rebooted his image. I mean, he's one of the most beloved players from any hometown in the NBA, considering, or if you consider the Memphis his, like, adopted hometown you you, when you land at memphis airport like you'll see pictures of him uh he's he he and tony allen who both came from tough backgrounds and had issues early on in their nba career they they were the face of the city of memphis and so when he signed his contract with the sacramento kings a two-year 24 million dollar deal you felt like that cemented that cemented Zach Randolph as a guy who's gone through complete image rehab. And I don't want to go over overboard on, on an, a marijuana arrest, right? Like, let's not go crazy. Let's not pretend like marijuana isn't being decriminalized and, frankly, made legal in many parts of the country. But this is not the, hey, he was pulled over and there was a blunt in the cigarette, you know, in, the, in like the ashtray of his car. They don't make ashtrays on cars, most cars anymore anyway. Um, this one doesn't read great. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department arrested Sacramento Kings forward Zach Randolph on felony charge of marijuana possession with intent to sell. So here's what we did today. Um, we're in Oxnard, California, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're live at Dallas Cowboys camp. You heard the air horn go off. You know, that's the Cowboys switching from station to station to station. We're told they have 25 more minutes of practice. Then they have some light work afterwards. Then the Cowboys will start to come over, and we'll pop them on air. Oxnard is 50 miles north of where we normally broadcast from or, or, or thereabouts, about mm, 110, 120 miles from the part of L.A. where uh, Zach Randolph was arrested last night. And, look, LAPD officials told ABC7 that officers want a routine uh, patrol when they encountered a group dr- of uh, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, playing loud music while blocking the street at Nickerson Gardens Project in Watts. Th- the bigger story is what the hell was Zach Randolph doing at Nickerson Projects, right? Like this wasn't like it was one of those deals. Like you go to the Dave Matthews Band concert or you go to the fit, you got a better one, fish concert. You can arrest anybody for weed, right? Like you could literally it's it's fish in a barrel. Figuratively, literally, fish in a barrel, like you could get weed guys. But, like, dude, you're worth $100 million. You just signed a guaranteed contract for 24 mil. You're not even from LA. It's not like I went back to hang with my boys. Like, you're in the Nickerson projects. And then the cops roll up, and Zach Randolph goes running away like he's a 17 year old. So, we drive up to Oxnard, California. All of us kind of had the same idea. Let's beat the, get there early, beat the traffic. And we meet at a, at a coffee shop, a place called Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. It's a, it's a chain. I don't believe it's outside of Southern California anymore. Um, 
And when we roll up, we're talking about the story, and there is how many how many uh, uh, motorcycles? I would say in the six or seven varieties. I know, shocker there, cops are at a coffee shop, right? I don't know if they were eating donuts. That would have been far too cliche. But so I, I pulled aside a couple officers, um, and I asked them. I said, how much do you have to have in order for an officer to believe you have the intent to sell? And this was interesting to me because we were arguing, is it an ounce, is it two ounce? Like, I'm, I'm not really a weed guy, so I don't know. Like, I didn't, and frankly, I didn't bring uh, anything to measure with. To, to, I, I don't know what, like, what, what, even, what it even looks I'm like. I know what it looks like. I'm not, I'm not going to be that naive. But I don't know. Like, if somebody said, here's an ounce, like, I'd have to just take your word for it. I really don't know. So officers were incredibly kind. Um, and they were like, uh, well, it, like, it just kind of depends. Like, what do you mean it depends? Like, well. Like you just kind of, it's like it's like the definition of pornography. You know it when you see it. Like you can usually, on your person, you can smoke an eighth of an ounce. So, if it's more than an ounce, you could you could probably, you know, it's a bag. You could probably get away with it and just get a ticket. But you start to get a big bag, or there's little baggies on you, or it gets to two ounces or more. And all right, now we got the intent to sell. So I'm not sure I really got a clear answer. It kind of feels like it's intent to sell because it said so. And I do think that Zach Randolph, who's six foot nine and 36 years old, you know, he could probably get away with the, hey, I, could, I can smoke a lot more than the average bear. But it, it doesn't read good. And if you couple it with the fact that Zach Randolph was rumored to being the kingpin for a marijuana selling ring in Indianapolis years ago, and then when you're like, what was he doing in the projects? With, with, I mean, like, I hate the word hooligans, but, like, that kind of, like, dudes were blocking a street, drinking, smoking, playing music. Like, what are you doing? This is when keeping it real goes wrong. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Brett Favre says, obviously, Aaron, being Aaron Rodgers, has carried the team for a long time. That's not going to change. That in and of itself is not enough. At least it hasn't been, and it's been pretty good. As good as he is, I would have thought they would have won more than one by now. But I don't think if he can do anything else other than what he's done up to this point, it always seems like one piece of the puzzle is missing. You don't know what it is until you get it. Like Reggie White, you go, oh, that's what we needed. It remains to be seen what it is, whether it's draft pick, a free agent, letting somebody go, coaching change, I don't know. I I think all the pieces, from what I can tell outside looking in, all the pieces seem to be in place. They're going to score a lot of points defensively. Dom Capers, I think he's excellent at making defense opportunistic and may give up a little bit, but it's it's pretty crafty. Uh, It will be interesting to see. A bold prediction to me would be the Rams – Winning a Super Bowl, not too bold to say the the Packers. That's not a popular choice, but it's being realistic. He was asked. Um, he w- even Rodgers doesn't think uh, doesn't get if Rodgers doesn't get one this year, he'll have time because he can play until he's forty. Why stop at forty? Favre said, retired at forty one, but left the Packers just two months shy before he turned thirty nine in a trade with the Jets. He moves around as well as anybody in the game right now. That's big. The less you're hit, Tom Brady's a different player, but they'll protect him well enough. He's not going to scramble much, but I see no decline in Tom as he's getting older. It doesn't look like that. I think Aaron, what, Aaron is 33, barring any injury, and he knows how to protect himself. Six, seven years from now is a long time down the road, 
but there's no reason to see he couldn't play at a high level. I'm not going to say 43-44. It's up to the individual. I don't see any decline in his game unless he doesn't want to play anymore. So, in summation, far as like, I can't believe they've won only one. Aaron Rodgers has been carrying the team. He paints the picture of Dom Capers' defense not as being good but opportunistic. In other words, they take a bunch of chances because they're not that good, and I think everybody knows that. And he thinks Aaron Rodgers can play as long as he wants because guys don't get hit anymore, and he's pretty smart and really good. He's not going to decline. So um, it's pretty similar, actually, to something Greg, Greg Jennings joined us yesterday, and even though Orlando Scandra kind of brushed off Greg Jennings as being crummy and being on the couch last year, uh, here's what Greg Jennings said about the Packers yesterday. My frustration is solely with upper management and how they go about it. Because I get it. I know they have a system, but it has not worked. Yes, did we win a championship? Absolutely. But it's like you're always one step behind a New England or a Seattle. Right. Because these are teams that are willing to bring up throughout the through the draft, Well, with the exception of, Oh, New England, they kind of draft terribly at skill positions, but they supplement well, and they they supplement in a play in a in a way to where it doesn't affect or impact their team because they have a culture already set that guys have to come into, and if you either embrace it or you don't, and Green Bay has that, but they don't use it. Um. Look, so all everybody's saying kind of the same thing without saying the same thing, right? Everybody's saying, like, hey, look, Ted Thompson, dude, you got to go out and add some pieces. You got to spend some money, figure out a way. Um, everybody else goes out and adds pieces in the offseason. Even the New England Patriots have, have added pieces, and they're not adding pieces. Favre's like, I don't know if it's coaching change. I don't know if it's one player. I don't know if it's something. Jennings kind of saying the same, same thing. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Green Bay adds something or if that's, if that's what's needed. Like, look, I, I just I hate to be that guy that points out they should have beaten Seattle a couple years ago and they would have gone to a Super Bowl and probably could have won the Super Bowl. Last year the defense was a disaster, and they still went to the NFC Championship game. My, my takeaways are this. I am right about saying Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Because everybody's saying the thing, I can't believe it went to only one. It's not on Aaron Rodgers. He's been awesome. The rest of his team missing some pieces. We're all talking around the fact that uh, something I said on Cowherd's show, and I hosted that. I'll be hosting that tomorrow. Something I said on this show time and again is, I'm not saying that Tom Brady is not awesome. He is. But Tom Brady is the most successful quarterback in the league. Aaron Rodgers is the best. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Dan Bailey, who uh, won every award in college and was wildly considered, if not the best, right there along with probably Justin Tucker, the Ravens, the two best kickers in the National Football League, kind of to spend some time with us here, fresh off of, uh, of training camp here at the Cowboys camp. Um, is that, was that fair? Like probably going in last year, like you and Justin Tucker, the two considered the two best in the league, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, Justin's a great talent. Obviously, he had a great year last year and really every year. So, um, shoot, I don't know. I mean, I'll let you make that call, but uh, yeah. Oh, no, you're two guys to which it's like the it's the Steph Curry effect. We even said this with the Dodgers, which is like when you missed, when you missed one, even when you missed one last year, you're, like, you're more surprised when you miss even a long field goal than when you make it. Right? Like it, would, it, it was surprising. 
But you've even said, and percentage-wise, you're coming off your worst year as a pro. Have you been able to figure out uh, through film or just through work what went wrong and what, what needs to change? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like any, anybody else, you know, at the end of the year and then through the offseason, you're looking at the good and the bad. Obviously, uh, misses are bad for our position. So, yeah, you take a look at it, see what was wrong, what the situation was, you know, whether the operation was clean or not. Um, yeah, and just try to try to get it figured out. It's usually nothing crazy. Um, so what was it? What was it? Because, I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously all reports from camp are you're kicking the ball really, really well. Yeah, no, I mean, camp's been going great. Um, yeah, just going back to last year, um, you know, there were some longer kicks, so a little bit lower percentage kicks. Um, not that that's an excuse, but just tougher tougher conditions. You know, I had one in New York that I really I hit as good as I could, and it hit the crossbar. So, you know, kicks like that, I mean, yeah, you're disappointed, but you, you really did all you could at the at the time. So. You know, it's like, it's like in basketball when you miss a shot around and out. You're like, I actually shot that ball better than one that can clang in, right? The one that can – you bank one in, you're like, wait, that actually wasn't a well-shot ball, whereas you can shoot it perfectly, and it just doesn't go in because of luck, and that's what you're saying. I mean, like, it is – watched it. I, I do think one of the things – and sometimes that, that spider camera or whatever does it more justice. I don't think people understand just how precise – one, how small the goalposts are, but how precise in terms of clean – Everything has to be from the snap to the hold to the kick. I mean, it is a very quick and seamless operation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we take a lot of pride in that, but uh, we always have a conversation. It comes up every year about, you know, if you look at any other sport, you know, in basketball you have an alley-oop or, you know, in, in baseball you got a double play or anything like that that involves multiple people doing something at a, a pretty rapid rate. And, uh, you know, we, we're shooting for snap hold to kick in 1.3 seconds or around there, 1.25. So, you know, if you look at other sports, there's not too many things where it involves three people in 1.3 seconds, and it has to be precision every time. So we take some pride in that. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, but, you know, those guys are dialed in on their job and makes my job a lot easier. Dan Bailey joining us, kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio Live from Cowboys Camp. Um, okay, so uh, we watch at home, and, uh, like, again, you're just amazed by the precision, but a want-to-know kind of routine. So – you trot out there, and you mentioned, like, look, anybody, once you – 40 and in NFL kickers, you guys are incredible. Like, the percentage rates are incredible. How much has changed since the PAT was moved back? Because from a fan side, like, I think that's the greatest rule change in NFL history because it, it went from giving away a point, like it was a 99.9% shot. You guys will never miss that. To now where there's a little bit of question to it. It's like 97% to 94 depending on the team, whatever. It's a little bit of question to it. From your perspective – uh, what do you think of that rule change now a couple years in? Yeah, I mean, initially I was a little uh, – I, was, I wasn't that much of a fan of it, obviously, yeah. just because nobody likes change to an extent. But, uh, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. It, you know, coming from my perspective, it's really more of a mental challenge because, like you said, um, you know, before it's not like you were going through the motions, but to an extent you just go out there and, I mean, you just kick it straight. It's 10 yard, 20 yards away and – it is pretty much a gimme. But right. now, you know, it's a little bit more of a challenge, especially you get later in the year, it gets colder, playing up in the northeast or wherever there might be a little bit of weather. You know, all that stuff factors into it. And all of a sudden, a 33-yard field goal, yeah, it's short. But, um, you know, it's a little bit more of a challenge. And and, and a, the mental side of it is you can have f- kicks worth three points that are shorter than that. Right. So you have to understand that all the points are important. It doesn't matter whether whether it's worth one or the extra point or – 
uh, three with a field goal. You just have to go out there and, and do the same thing every time. Dan Bailey joining us in the dugout. All right, so so they you, you go and you're kicking a field goal. Okay, it's a 45-yarder. What What is the routine? You're trotting onto the field. What is the mental routine? What's actually going on upstairs? Yeah, so, um, you know, mostly – Anytime we get past the 50, I'm, I'm kind of I'm locking in. I'm, I'm paying attention to the game, down and distance, where we're at, how much time, timeouts, all that stuff. And uh, just trying to get a good feel for, for where we're at and, and trying to just stay in the game and, and keep your mind off of not necessarily – or keep your mind off of the pressure of the situation. And uh, yeah. So how do you do – but how do you do that? Like that sounds really great, <laughs> but like how do you – you know, I mean you got a game-winning kick and – uh, and based upon your percentage, people are like money in the bank, money in the bank, because he's able to – like, how do you actually do that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just taking the pressure off yourself. Um, like I said, just keeping your mind going with something else, you know, where we're at on the field, where what hash are we on, you know, what's the wind doing, what am I going to need to know before I get out there? So that way when you get out there um, – you already know what's going on. You know where the wind's coming from. You know what the weather what the weather is. You've you've already done the operation on the sideline. You know had some kicks in the net and stuff like that, and you just go out there and execute. Um, what's it like to be on the sideline and watch somebody else? I don't want to say live your dream, um, but you know any, anybody's dream is obviously to go to Super Bowl win or win game winning kick in the Super Bowl. But you're playing the Packers, and with a, just a spectacular throw and catch, the Packers get a game winning field goal to beat you in your place. But as a great kicker and somebody who wants that pressure what's it like to see somebody else end your season that way it's not good <laughs> it's not good um obviously you know mason uh, me and him are are, are uh, good buddies and you know, i'm happy for him personally but definitely in that situation um you know i i wouldn't say i want him to miss but i don't i don't want him to make it so it's not it's nothing personal it's just more of a collective team thing i would rather have our team win than uh, than his and of course uh you know some people point to jason garrett and spiking the football 35 seconds leaving too much time kind of on the clock right like that's a, and that's what led to having enough time to kick that field goal right yeah i mean you know if you go back and do that you know a hundred times you could probably do it a hundred different ways and it's just one of those things in the moment in the situation you, you, you manage the situation as best you can and, and give your team a chance I thought we did that. You know, we, we tied it up there at the end. And, you know, credit to, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's that's a one-in-a-million throw right there. I mean, I don't know that too many other guys in the league can do that. And um, obviously a good kick by Mason. So, yeah, it hurts. But, uh, you know, if it was flipped around, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to be in that situation and uh, and have us going to the NFC Championship. Instead. Truth be told, what's the, what's the furthest you ever kick one from? Uh, back at Valley Ranch, we, you know, it would get uh, we did get a little breeze out there. We hit from like sixty nine, seventy a few times, um, but I don't really, I don't, I don't back it up too much, too too often. I just, I'd rather just uh, try to stay as consistent. Right, as you're more, you're more about accuracy, right, than yeah. you are about just you know, trying to kind of boom in leg thing, right? And it's, it feels a little bit like free throw shooting or whatever, to where it's better to see it go through the goalpost than it is to show to, to one in five it, you know, from 70 yards out. Is that a fair comparison? Absolutely, yeah. Dan yeah. Bailey joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'll ask the, one of the questions that Orlando Skandrick didn't want to answer. Um, does it feel any different this year? Like you've been, this is you're not your first rodeo. You're a vet. You've been through the, the camps where teams have done well, where teams have done poorly. Uh, does this year feel different in any way from previous ones? Uh it definitely feels feels different, yeah. I mean, last year, you know, we were coming off a, a pretty bad year, four and twelve, and I mean, you know, the the personal expectation was always high, but you know, you, you just 
you're you're really trying to change your identity from the year before because you don't want to be you don't want to be that four and twelve team. You want to be something better. So. Um, you know, now that we had some success last year, um, sure, absolutely, the the expectation within the locker room is high, and you know we've got we've got Dak and Zeke and all these young guys that are playing at a really high level, which is exciting. Um, you know, when I first got here, it was it was very much a veteran locker room. Now we're really young, so it's it's fun to have that youth in there. I mean, not that I'm old, but okay. <laughs> but uh, it's fun to have that youth in there and kind of a different energy and and a lot more excitement. Last thing, we got about uh, a minute left. You're you're also a very good golfer. And I'm just wondering for the average duffer out there, uh, what's harder, like a putt to win your buddy's money on a Sunday or a field goal to win a game for you? For me, it would have to it would have to be a putt for sure. I, I, to me, the comfort- like, can't you use the same process of like tuning everything out? Like you're just telling me about how like I don't know, you just kind of eliminate pressure. You go out there, you kick a field goal. Like all of us are like, I'd be freaking out. Can't you just use the same process with a putter? You would think so. Yeah, I wish it was that easy because I'd I'd be I'd have a few more bucks in the pocket on the golf course. But uh, yeah, no, I mean I'm much more comfortable on the football field than I am uh, on the greens. Even though you know I can I can swing it pretty good here and there. But um, yeah, I'd rather have the pressure of the of the NFL game than a than a putt. All right, no, not high expectations, but we expect you to make every field goal this year for the Dallas Cowboys. That's it. That's that's pretty much it. We expect you to make every one, and if you don't, even if it's a crossfire, even if you get a gust from the gods at the very last second. Uh, that that's on you. That's on your process, not on the result. Dan Bailey, of course, we kid. We appreciate you joining us, and without any question, would not be the worst interview of the day here live from from Cowboys Camp. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.